guys. How you doing? Hello. All right, all right. Been drinking Good. since dinner. Has everybody made a backup character at this point? Yeah. Nope. No, I refuse to. My character I'm not, dies. I'm just I'm quitting. Super like, sorry. One <laughs> and I'm out. See you guys later. Oh, uh, well, hey, Bill. Bill. This is kind of how awkward. you doing? How, how have you held up over the last yeah. week, sir? Bill, well, it's nice that you came to hung out with us. <laughs> 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 you made him drink, Mike. I hope you feel you feel Did you bring snacks for the episode today? Because I don't know what you're going to be doing. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm just here to watch and mediate <laughs> critique. Bill's going to be doing some of his best work this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to commentate. Bill, will you co-GM with me? Will you help oh, me yeah. keep all this stuff straight? <laughs> you could transcribe for us. Yes, I could. In shorthand. Oh, my gosh. We had sort of an eventful um, episode last last time. I will admit that uh, when I was prepping the uh, Vladimira encounter, it never dawned on me that a crit on over. Uh, well, first, let me back up. The book calls the ability overhand smash. And then when I was listening back, I was like, surely I misread and it's overhead smash, especially because the flavor text says that she w- puts the axe over her head and then brings it down. <laughs> but the book in multiple places calls it overhand smash. So I, huh. I'm going to blame Paizo for that. I think it's an overhead smash, which just sort of adds to the image that I have of this, um, you know, five foot six redhead with this axe over her head, bringing it down on the deuce's head i think that's kind of how i see it happening but i wanted to see what bill thought about that bill is that how you see it oh yeah that's pretty much how it transpired i believe okay (laughs) i'm not getting anywhere with bill beard tonight no no i don't want to talk about the deuce the whole watermelon skit for gallagher (laughs) that's kind of what (laughs) that's probably what it looked like because i just well no it's an axe so it kind of just like thunk in point yeah yeah when when it happened i i was picturing um the the uh the ending of rob roy where oh. it kind of goes through his, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Clavicle. his shoulder. It's like, yeah. 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 That's a great scene, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. But it never occurred to me that, um, that I was playing with fire like that when, when we were running the, uh, that encounter. So, would- and, and the other thing that, that Brad and I were talking about a little bit was that, um, Deuce got hit so that Mitch didn't get basically, hit. yeah, because Mitch was hoping to like be solo in that pit and like be able to explode and do his AOE damage, and then Deuce comes down and stands right next to him and does that crit to her because like we had her on the ropes, man. She was getting beat up. She had eight HP yeah. left at the end of the fight. Yeah, listening and, back to yeah. it, it was like we've got this in the bag. Yeah, and knowing what happened, it was like it just that was really my surprising. Thought. Yeah, I thought like, so too. I, I thought it was like, over. I thought this oh, is anticlimactic. I was like, this isn't right. even a fight. Lame fight. Like turned out to be real fucking. <laughs> the deuce died. Real Mitch is almost dead. <laughs> well, and we've talked about massive damage before in the games we've played, like where we've had to calculate. It's been like kind of close, like within ten points of it. But like this yeah. was. It was Holy clearly crap, over. It was so much was over. damage. Yeah. Like, the deuce At, only had 17 points. You know, the difference between level 1 and level 2 HP is almost 100% difference. Yeah. Like, your HP will nearly double into level 2. And uh, I don't know if the developers saw, intended this encounter to take out a character, but... I mean, I hope one of them's listening and is like fist pumping. Like, yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we got <laughs> one. Got him. We got one. I was one. hoping that would happen. Well, um, Bill, glad you glad you're here t- with us tonight, and, uh, and you know, just feel free to interject whenever you want. And uh, I don't know. Can I can I design the fights? 
<laughs> I, I just want to take as many people out as possible today. I was going to say, then no one will have a character if you do that. <laughs> um, well, let's hop into the module a little bit. So you guys ended the Black Tier incursion last time, and we need to do some housekeeping. I need to award you some experience points uh, to the three remaining characters in the game. Um, now, one thing that this module does that I've never seen before is it actually has quests that I, I can't show the quest text to you at first because, um, you know, it, it kind of gives you spoilers and stuff as, you know, the reward and the completion and all of this. But I can show this to you now. There was a quest that you did called Defeat the Black Tears for 30 experience points. Uh, you guys have ended the Black Tear incursion. Uh, you received this quest from Lieutenant Ivinzi. You remember you talked to him in the Great Hall. Uh, halfway through the uh, halfway through the uh, the thing, but uh, you guys get an additional thirty experience points for ending that. So where are we at, experience wise, right now? I show five twenty five after that thirty. Okay, I concur. And then we really can't forget the uh, the bullcrap that Tartuccio pulled there at the end of the session. I got the feeling that <laughs> you guys kind of got a little pissed. Is that fair to say? Syria was super upset. Yeah, yeah I was bash. pretty fucking livid. Bashk was angry. Donnie was pretty angry. Like it was, yeah, no visceral experience. Like it's crazy how these, these, these RPGs will actually like cause you to feel emotion. It's nuts. I was a little afraid of Chris there at the end, especially Chris was Chris. Were you mad at me or or were you mad at at Tartucci? Oh no. The, the NPC totally. Um, (laughs) the GM GM would never trick the players. No, 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 no. You know, um, so I was giving you the brooch in episode four, and I don't know. You guys just were like, sure. And then I remember when Chris goes, yeah, Serio just pockets that. I was like, yes. <laughs> so we'll take it back into the game. As you'll recall, uh, at the end, you stepped outside of the Great Hall into the sunlight, the three of you, with uh, Valerie, Amiri, Lindsay, and even Harim has now thrown his lot in with you and uh what uh what what comes next for you guys i i want to know a little bit about what you're doing today are you going to uh leave are you going to push west as uh, lady jamandi has suggested or do you have any other business you want to take care of while you're here in rest off uh probably our first order of business is to um put the deuce uh lamb to rest yeah, so right now his corpse is is laying among some of the other guard corpses and stuff. So I, I recall that Sirio did his best to kind of was that sort of an act of dignity or something, you know, for the deuce to patch him up a little bit. Uh, but his body is is um, oh, it's it's probably lying with some of the others out behind the great hall. I guess w- waiting for burial. And Lady Jamandi said, "Oh, we'll handle all that for you." But sounds like you guys are going to do your own thing. Yeah, I'm I'm just concerned that they're. There may be some type of mass grave situation or unmarked grave, um, and mm. I, I want to see that it's it's more than that. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Well, uh, take me through it. Thanks, fellas. want to be at your own funeral yeah we go we go to the funeral parlor we pick out the most (laughs) modestly priced receptacle and no i'm kidding end up with a folger scan (laughs) the folger scan i mean i would assume um harim or harim could do gentle repose is that on his uh 
you know, I think it's reasonable that he would have prepared that. Okay. Yeah, okay. with everything if we going could on. Just, someone else. You could just stick my corpse in the temple next to the Milani statue, and I could just chill there just for eternity <laughs> with half a with a half a clavicle missing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's uh, not a bad idea if we can remove some uh, some floor floor stones yeah. in that room. If Lady Jamandi's okay with that. Um, you go to her with this, with this request So this, we're talking about the, the, uh, the water, uh, room, the, the water garden no, that no, has the, that the statue temp- of or the, no, temp- the statue was where or we the got the rest. Oh, oh, the, in the West wing, the yeah. one that, where you got the free rest. Yeah. Like yeah. take a wall out or like Berger saying, or Chris is saying, to, uh, take up a couple stones and dig a grave underneath the stones. So you go to lady Jamandi with this and she thinks for a moment and, um, I guess you must tell her that that uh, that that the Deuce worshipped Milani, yeah. just as she does, and that seems to kind of affect her deeply. And after a moment, she just says, "Yes." She says, "Let me know if you need any assistance, or if you if you have this, then then go ahead and do it." I'll bring up one more th- thing with her that, you know, during the, the course of the battle, we did run across a sword with her sigil on it, a long sword. And if it would be appropriate to bury him with that, if that would, would oh, you understand this probably belongs to you. But since he was defending your house when he fell. Yes, you may. Of course. Okay. Yeah, she's she she assumed, as I did, that you would just keep that. She was fine with that. But if you want to entomb the deuce with it, then you can do that. I just think it would be fun for uh, adventurers and another storyline to find his undead corpse coming up and get the sword. <laughs> with, with a plus one sword. <laughs> the deuce Whoever is now a treasure cache. <laughs> we want to give we want to give zombie deuce an advantage when when that time comes. Absolutely. Whatever adventurer comes across and is like, wow, there must be a really good story behind this. We'll never know. Yeah, and has 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 Sirio prepared anything for Deuce? I don't don't really have have much to say. Um, I only knew I only knew the deuce for really um, just eight hours. hours. Probably yeah. my my most fond memory um, was when we were kind of drinking buddies and uh, kind of walking down the hall to our room, just kind of enjoying life. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of the like memory the, I'd rather like keep. the real life first time I met Chris. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> when the game imitates the life. The deuce got you through that night, and Bill's right. got you through a lot of nights. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bashk has taken his his uh, broken broken leather armor, right? That ripped and was around his ankles, if we all recall. And I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> yes. that we do. Um, sure he, he's actually he's uh, he's worked that. That into. would have been the story if the yeah, deuce exactly, died. yes, exactly. Yeah, it was a funny story, and then Deuce got his head caved in. Um, but he's he's shaped that into like a crude. Ro- he's not much of a craftsperson, right? But he's shaped that in like a crude a crude rose, right? Which is I think Melania's uh, symbol, mm-hmm. and in in Druidic, he's he's written a line from a Druidic prayer um, on that. Uh, he's kind of scratched in with his claws, maybe, uh, and then marked it with his sigil, um, and he'll lay that uh, with Deuce as well uh, during the burial. So you are in that temple area, and. Is Mitch figuring out a way to, to tear up some of these rocks, some of yep. this some of this flooring? Yep, kind of finding the edges of the, the square stones and okay. propping a tool under there, my crowbar, and lifting him up and 
I'll put and, on like a shovel to remove some dirt. You know, this is a relatively out. time. This is kind of relatively time consuming in a way. I mean, it takes a few hours. Now it's morning right now. And you guys must be exhausted after being up all night and everything. Although you did get that rest from Milani, so maybe you're doing fine. But this takes, you know, I would say at least an hour or two. And eventually you do pry the stone up and you see uh, that there is some hard packed clay beneath the stone. Uh, makes sense. That's a good location to put a manor like this on top of rough earth. But, you know, you begin digging down into that too. And again, over the course of maybe another hour or so, you're able to uh, dig down, you know, three or four feet. You think to yourself, well, if I replace the stones over the corpse and the corpse has gentle repose cast upon it, then, you know, I guess that ought to be sufficient. Yeah. And so the three of you uh, together lay the deuce's uh, body into this hole. And uh, Donnie's got this, Donnie. (laughs) (laughs) And Bashk has this uh, ornament, so to speak, that he's fashioned out of his broken armor. I I see some interesting symbolism there, you know, because that that injury to the, that, that armor was wrecked during that same fight. I just think it's interesting to me. And you lay that in there too. What happens next? Yeah, so it, uh, you know, Bash kind of kind of looks over at Mitchell and and, and kind of says, I, "I know this is an awkward time, but uh, I, I I see you've got skills with crafting armor." <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. oh my god! Okay, hold on. This is totally inappropriate. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so you're nudging him. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you make me some clothes? Yep. Can you make Can you make me some armor? <laughs> I mean, the deuce okay. wouldn't expect you guys to stand there and, and like. I mean, how long? How long service. are we going to grieve? Right? <laughs> this man, this man has died Appar- for you all. Apparently, about two beers in. That's about so how it's just long we're kind of like uh, behind oh the curtains. God. If Mitch says no, are you grabbing that armor back? Uh, no, that that armor that armor is gone. That armor is ruined. I I can bring this up at a later time. Yeah, if that, it, if it well, feels better. So yeah, Mitch will kind of like lean over. It's like yeah, I can I can fashion something for so you. He, You'll have to. He ha- be patient because I he- work with metal and leather. You're like, I know you don't like to wear. I picture metal Mitch being like, now. <laughs> <laughs> While we're I all do together. like the bone armor thing we talked about in chat. Well, yeah. and so actually, so he hands you he hands you a bag, and if you open that bag, what you'll discover it is it is actually full of bones, oh. and these are these are really? bones of my Aruxi ancestors oh my that God. I would like to be worked into the armor. Uh, we we keep bones of our ancestors as as a kind of a religious thing, but if it can be worked into that armor as well, uh, Bash would appreciate so that. Kind of kind of hearing this conversation about armor and incorporating, you know, things of for for Syria, this wouldn't necessarily be an ancestor, but I mean, you can you can make long lasting friendships even in a short amount of time. Um, Syria's gonna uh, it. Not not in like a romantic, strange way, but um, more of like a, a fondness um, way. Going to clip a block of the deuce's hair um, as a keepsake remembrance. Can Bash can Bash clip oh. off like a finger to add the bone collection? <laughs> I mean, it's I'm armor. not going to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Too far? Too, okay, we won't do that. <laughs> Hack off a knee. <laughs> a knee? <laughs> so Bash takes okay, so I, deuce's take, middle take finger. The knee down. This, I mean, this probably happens. I mean, we're from different cultures. Like maybe Bash, this is we kind grieve, of, yeah. we grieve different. We yeah. Grieve different. Well, 
I mean, look, I, I mean, you carry a bag of bones around. Right. Why wouldn't yeah. you? Right. You know, I mean, I know we're kind of joking about it here, but I mean, you know, yeah. I, 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 it actually seems kind of badass to me that so I'm thinking it through would, a little bit would more. Would Bash like ask, or would he just assume this is okay to go clip a finger off? Well, who's he going to ask? <laughs> oh, the two of well, I mean, obviously not you. I mean, he could, he could. I don't know. Maybe that's his thing. But like, I, I, I like, think, would you know that that's awkward for us, or would you just go down and? No, I think it's social. He's 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 Bash has been around enough non Aroxy to know that that would not be a cool cool thing to do. So no, he he would not just go and do like the cigarette. Cutter, the, the cigar cutter on the finger like he lost a game like that <laughs> you carry one of those around clip fingers off of corpses so you um, you you take this proposition to the other two what do you tell him uh would we know about that kind of culture thing i guess you can assume okay that, i mean <laughs> did, i don't know did bash actually ask this question to you guys he wasn't serious hey, i wasn't something. serious oh oh you're not serious okay. <laughs> oh you're not okay i was like well, can, i mean I'm, I'm really just, it. it's let's fun. role play it out i mean <laughs> let's do it yeah i mean you got i mean you've got the ancestor bones on you I mean, yeah hell, let's i mean look let's let's remember you just watched Sirio take a lock of hair that's right right yeah oh, i want a piece i don't Aroxy don't have hair i don't know i don't really know the difference right what are you going to do with a lock of hair? You need a metacarpal. That's right. Just just the little, just the pinky finger, right? Even in the afterlife, he's not going to need it. He two hands right, his well, swords. Yeah. Mitch will kind of awkwardly kind of just quickly nod to get through this whole awkwardness of like, hey, yeah, yep, I'll get some armor for you. I'm just going to, let me bury this guy first. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that I could make this funeral as awkward as possible for everybody. <laughs> This is just not how I thought this was going to go. <laughs> but I'm pleased with where we've arrived. You turn around and Lady Jumani Eldori is there. <laughs> what the fuck? Give just the, watching. Give the charter back, you weird motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, she's held, holding out her hand <laughs> for the charter. I'm just kidding. It's going to be a great kingdom, I promise. Yeah, she's paying her respects. She tells you, you know, look, we're going to replace the stones. Many will not know that that his body is interred here but i will put it into our official records that that he is here and you know he'll he'll be remembered within the official uh, uh writings and notebooks of of this manner we'll put it into the guest log <laughs> he checked in and never checked out like and, Hotel uh, california <laughs> yeah um so she pauses for a moment and she looks at you all and she she says, look, with everything that's been going on, I never properly thanked you for what you did last night. She takes a look at <clears throat> at the deuce on the floor, and she looks at you all, and she says, if you hadn't made your way into the dueling chamber last night, that might have been me. I don't know that I could have handled two frost giants, four of these, you know, thugs, and uh, Valadmira all at the same time. And she goes, I know it's not much. But she gives you 200 gold pieces. Oh, wow. 50 for each of you, including uh, Diploplodocus's share. Can you bear and that she with says, me? Nope. I don't know if we'll go that <laughs> far. <laughs> Look, they already put the sword down there. <laughs> it's not enough. Right. It was 35 gold sword. Yeah, it's 200 gold pieces. And then Lady Jamandi pauses for a moment, thinks again. And she says, there's someone I think you should meet. 
So we find ourselves again, starting back, introducing a new character in the sixth episode of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there are some things about this person that you might want to know. One of the first things that Bash is going to let this newcomer know is, I I got the guy you're replacing's finger on my armor. I hope that's cool. I hope that's not weird for you. (laughs) The deuce deuce is right here. Just, Just let you know. If you want to meet the deuce, there's a small part of him right here. You've sewed the deuce's middle finger over your middle finger. <laughs> okay. The first thing that that we, the observers, note about this character is that he began as nothing but an orphan, probably abandoned by his ill-fated parents when he was a toddler. He grew up in the forests surrounding Restov, venturing into the city to steal tidbits here and there with the other forgotten children. As such, no one expected much from the boy, that is, until he was brought to Jumanji Eldori's manor. A guard holds the boy, at this point barely eight years old, holds him by the collar. You take him, lady, or else we've been ordered to sell him to the traders in Pataks. You can't steal our bread from there, after all. And Jumanji's brow creases in response. She looks the boy over. All of a sudden, she estimates his wingspan and his height, as if automatically. How old are you? She asks him, and she's surprised at the answer. She sees potential. And now we see him older, lined up with the other boys and girls his age, wearing padded armor and holding a wooden practice sword. He's made to train with the older kids twice his size, and quickly we see him struck across the face, hard, by an especially large adolescent, blood erupting from a badly split lip. The boy crumples to the ground where he buries his face in his hands and refuses to stand back up for more. But you know as well as I do that it's a ruse. As the adolescent gloats over the prone body of the boy, the boy finds his opportunity and puts his plan into action. Without warning, and at the perfect moment, he strikes at the feet of the older boy, slamming the dull practice sword across the foot and fracturing the bones in every toe. The older boy falls to the ground, now in hysterics. From the top of the dueling pit, the very one you were in last night, Jumanji nods at the boy. Good, she says. Honor and decorum are important but you need not maintain them when your opponent stoops so low. We flash forward 19 years to the night of the Black Tear attack. The boy, now 25, a full-fledged practitioner of Aldori dueling swords, silently patrols the grounds of Jumanji's manor in the moonlight. His name is Dry Colm. Bill, welcome back to the podcast man you're back tell us about this guy i feel reborn um <laughs> his last name is colme by the way colme his name is if you, dry colme and if you guys care to google that that's just the letter the number three in two different languages nice his name is three three <laughs> um i'm pretty excited about this guy well well take me through you got inspired with the Aldori dueling stuff, I guess, seeing it in action a little bit. Well, yeah, that and like you and I had a conversation about playing a certain class and it didn't work out. And then I was just sitting here one night trying to build a character and I was like, well, wait a minute. Like the reason you gave me that the other class it wouldn't work with the other class didn't apply to this one. Yeah. And I was like, and this is going to be a really, really cool build. There's just so many different opportunities and roads to take with it. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot you can do. Um, this is a ranger with the oh. Eldori dueling sword. Uh, oh, that's gonna be fun. Archetype. Oh, that's bad. Of course, I guess. 
I guess you're probably going to take that at, at second level, but the neat thing about this module is that there's this background called Sword Scion that's only available in Kingmaker, where you get access to these Eldori dueling swords from level one without having to take like advanced weapon training or whatever. So um, it's really neat. So yeah, this guy, you know, has kind of grown up in this manner. He's now walking the grounds uh, as this black tier attack commences. You know, but Bill, take me through kind of what a patrol might look like with this person. Well, because I'm half elven and I got low light vision, I, I'm, I generally get stuck in the in the worst patrols possible because I'm also the youngest. <laughs> so I'm out. I'm kind of like outside in the yard on the other side of the gate where there's not a lot of protection. You know, so I'm just that night. I'm just out patrolling around, and you know, I'm on the other side of the compound when I hear the ruckus on the inside, and this is my big chance. I've been training yeah, for this my whole life. I've never been in combat. I've never faced a real person in anger. So I'm all in. Like I'm jumping over the. I'm jumping over the gates. I'm sprinting towards the sound of battle. Yeah. I got some. I got something to prove today. Well, let's get that perception check. I want to. I want to understand more about how early you detected all of this stuff because you might recall uh from uh, a session a couple times ago that there were roving bands of cutthroats on the grounds i mean maybe this is dry's I ro- role I tonight 14 plus 6 is a 20 yeah so you you understand early on i picture you kind of in one of the thickets nearby looking around you know doing yes. your thing you detect these humans walking in toward the building and you begin proceeding toward the hall in haste, I guess, as you've described. Yeah. And um, you see something strange in the distance. Um, you see two figures, one large, one small. And I'll let you roll over that perception check through all of this. You see it all coming, especially with your low light vision. Uh, the first uh, appears to be uh, a thin, uh, a thin-framed woman, and she is wielding a scythe that is as tall as she is. She's got it in both hands. And she looks like she's speaking intensely toward this other figure. This other figure is a large-sized figure. And as you get a little closer, you see that this thing has two heads on its shoulders. And you hear the two of them talking to each other. Do you continue approaching, or do you lay back and try to hear what they're saying? I full-on sprinting. I'm like, I'm not, if they're talking, I'm not really paying attention. I just see them, and like I said, I I got something to prove tonight. Tonight's mm. the big night. I've been being trained by this lady who took me in off the streets. Her compound is under attack. I just got one thing on my mind, and that's getting these people out of here. This is what you hear as you're running toward. Uh, the two heads on this big figure are like looking at each other and talking to each other. And the first head says to the second head, Is it Gnome? And the second head goes, no, it's not gnome. And the first head goes, so we kill it. And the second head goes, yes, we kill it. I like that voice, Mike. That's a good one. That's awesome. Did you like it? <laughs> that was That's great, dude. Seriously. Wow. Oh my God, it just yeah. came out of me. That was, that was pretty fantastic. Is this a, do we know what kind of creature this is? Does, 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 does Dry know what kind of creature this is? Uh, uh, dry, make a roll check if you want to know. Dry's going to roll on. Uh, what am I rolling uh, uh be nature nature that's a three on the dice so that's a seven it's a two-headed creature <laughs> doesn't look good to you it's all, all matters <laughs> <laughs> i put a token on the board here representing this creature uh as far as the oh, that's uh, badass 
Yeah. Now, as far as the figure that the uh, two-headed creature is talking to, <clears throat> you, uh, Dry Comb, uh, do not know who this is, but we, the players, all know that this is Jathel. Hmm. Jathel, who peaced out last night, has ended up on the grounds during the Black Tear incursion. I'm finally going to place the token of Dry Comb on the board over here, over to the right. Now, something seems to be happening between these two. Uh, the the two-headed monster having determined that uh, that this elf is not a gnome seems to be moving in for the attack. Meanwhile, Dry Comb is trucking in fast. Everybody needs to roll initiative checks. Everybody? Everybody well, does. <laughs> not you three jokers. <laughs> oh. It's a flashback. It's a flashback. <laughs> hey, one hey, that I'll have to resolve very quickly to keep the pace going. You, ne- you never know what's going to happen in Kingmaker. We could get inserted oh, into flashbacks. I can't find my initiative. Dry. What'd you get? Hang on, I can't find my. Where's the initiative? Did you create a character sheet? Yeah. Oh, I got it. Uh, it's sixteen. Oh, well, what's your modifier? Plus six. So is that a is twenty-two a plus, or is, is, it, is that an adjusted sixteen? It's an adjusted sixteen. Riveting radio. Riveting, <laughs> riveting, riveting podcast materials right here. Don't folks. go for popcorn now. That's <laughs> uh, fine. We'll edit this. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I gotta. I'm all nervous. Do the same fucking thing with Jamandi over here. <clears throat> Jethel. Oops. <laughs> I just want to know what happens when Mike crits and. Oh, no, don't even say that. Oh, dry dies. <laughs> you are not. How many gnome? languages is four going to be? But you squish like gnome. <laughs> you squish like gnome. Uh, quattro, this quattro, this creature has an ability called overhead attack. I don't know if that. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this. <laughs> dry Kome. Did I get that right? Yep. It is your turn. I'm going to move one time to about right there. And as I'm running, I'm just going to go, Hoo! 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 And then, from, <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I just, I'm, I'm picturing so Will Ferrell's character in uh, Eastbound and Down. Yeah. <laughs> is this a, is this a level, is this a level one feat that you can do a Ric Flair? Woo! Is that, and, I didn't see that on my after, character. The nature boy over here. Woo! And after I, after I do that, a white owl flies from over my head. Oh, man. And he's going to go and play some stuff. Do you have a token for Hoot? I do have a token for Hoot. You don't have a pet owl named Hoot. I do have a pet owl named Hoot. (laughs) (laughs) We get Hoot onto the board. Uh, I fucking love this. At least least it's not a dog. This is the most amazing game. I was going to originally get a dog, but I was like, actually, the support benefit for an owl is awesome. I got a little little owl there. Look at that. At least it's not uh, Bojangles' problem where it was just the same token over and over. So I'm going to move. I'm going to command Hoot to move to just right over here but not do anything. And then I'm not I'm not going to move. That's it. Okay, so Hoot flies to the other side of this two-headed creature. This is very this is very John Woo right now. You know, or Dry just comes rolling in. Are you kind of spread eagle with your arms as you're doing this? Yes, yeah, so like, kind of like a face-off when all the pigeons fly up. Yes. Oh. And then here comes Hoot. 
I love Pretty. all the I love all the John Woo movies where an, where an owl flies in. That's those are my favorite scenes in the John Woo movies. <laughs> um, it is now this creature's turn. Uh, the creature is going to take a step toward who we the players know to be Jathel, who Dry knows to be just some elf, and uh, using a flail, this creature is going to swing down on Jathel. And miss. And after two moves, the creature is done. It's Jathel's turn. Jathel's going to take that scythe. She's just going to bring it down on this guy at a plus seven modifier. That's going to be an 18 on the die for a 25, uh, which is almost going to be a crit on this creature. She's going to roll a little bit of damage here. Just a d10 plus three. Not a big deal. Uh, that's that's going to be nine damage uh, versus this thing. She takes a nice piece out of it. All right, and curiously, it's the creature's turn again. Uh, now the left hand begins controlling the left arm, which also wields a flail. I guess I didn't do a good job of describing this, but this thing has two flails, one in each hand, and it kind of lurches around a little weird, too. It becomes apparent to you, Dry, uh, that each head is in control of one half of this creature's body. In any event, here comes the roll uh, versus Jathel. That's a two on the die. That's not going to hit anything. Uh, subject to the multiple attack penalty, he goes again. And that's a 10 on the die for a total of 13, which is just not going to hit Jathel at all. We go into round two. Back to you, Dry. Bill, Bill, it's your first roll. What are you, how, how's it going to go, man? Well, I'm are gonna, you, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty excited. Pretty amped up. <laughs> uh, so the first thing I'm going to do is command Hoot. I'm going to command Hoot to attack this, not attack this head, but uh, use his supporting benefit. How does that exactly work? Well, so for this turn, it would have been one action to get Hoot into position. And then the support benefit is a one action deal as well. So you just set him into support mode. And then depending on what type of animal he is, he'll automatically begin performing things uh, as activated by your actions. Sweet. So the support role benefit for hoot is the bird pecks at your foe's eyes when and when i create an, when i create an opening until the start of my next turn strikes that damage the creature that your bird threatens will also do a 1d 1d4 persistent bleed damage and the target is dazzled until it removes the bleed damage wow i guess i have to ask you which head are you going for on this pecking because the one two. uh with the man bun and not the top knot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the art here is <laughs> yes. One of these creatures does have a man bun, and the other does have a top knot. So you're going for man bun. Okay, I'm going for man bun. Okay, and then uh, I'm just going to. That was one action. My next action is to step into combat with the the, the sword drawn, and then I'm just going to take a swing. Okay, Aldori dueling sword. As you get close, the first creature looks at the second and goes, Is this gnome? And the second creature goes, This not gnome. You you can kill it too. So I just put a 11 on the die plus 7. So that's an 18. Okay, that's a hit. So it's, uh, yeah. it's going to be a 1d8 plus, a 1d8 plus 2. Is Go right? for it. Yeah, it's your strength mod. So, yeah, you got 14 strength. That's a D8 plus two. Yep. Uh, that would be a three. That'd be a one plus two. So that's three. <laughs> so, so you come up with your Aldori dueling sword. Just jacked <laughs> up, ready to go get into combat. 
<laughs> and then I just nick his elbow as yeah, I swing nick, at him. I'll tell you what, it smarts pretty bad. The, this one's like, oh, this non non gnome hurt my elbow. <laughs> but don't I get an additional D4 damage and a persistent bleed? Um, oh, yeah. So the bird, so you create the opening and Hoot pecks at Man Bun's eyes and Man Bun will take a D4 of persistent bleed on Man Bun's turn. And it is Man Bun's turn. And Man Bun is like, whoa! <laughs> what Asks, he asks Topknot, is this gnome? <laughs> and Topknot goes, I'm not sure. I don't think so. We heard gnome small, but this is too small and flying. And Man Bun goes, oh, okay. He's going to swing at Hoot. Don't hit Hoot. Yeah, he's going to sw- He's going to oh, take fuck. this flail and swing on Hoot. That's- Mike's going to kill Hoot right away. <laughs> oh, my God. No way. That look. Not a natural 20. 14 on the die uh, for a total of 22 oh, that's <laughs> versus Hoot. Have I crit Hoot or have no, I just hit no. Hoot? Hoot? You just hit Hoot. Okay. I'm going to have to roll some damage on Hoot. That's just going to be a D6 plus 4. Not a big deal. Don't hurt Hoot. Uh, well. That's going to be eight loves damage. animal companions. <laughs> I just, yeah, I do. Uh, that's going to be eight damage on Hoot. Oh, shit. Holy Damn, shit. Hoot. <laughs> how's, how's Hoot doing? It's just, he's, he's, he's flying with a limp. He just took a, <laughs> he just took a flail to the beak. And uh, just a then, quick, just a quick aside. I just want to point out to everyone that Mike is the only one not drinking alcohol right now. But, <laughs> but the the uh, the two cre- the man bun and uh, top knot voices are uh, he's not handling it well. It's pretty goddamn funny. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just uh, sometimes I please myself more than others. Uh, hey, uh, flail swing on Jathel. That's going to be a miss. That's the end of Man Bun's turn. I guess Man Bun's going to take a D4 of persistent plea damage. So, Bill, do you want to roll that or do you want me to roll that? Um, I mean, I just rolled a four if you want to not roll it. That would be <laughs> no, great. You roll the four. Four, four I guess is good. not roll it, that'd be great. All right, Man Bun's going to take four persistent bleed damage. And he's, and he's dazzled. He's dazzled. Okay, so on Man Bun's turn, yeah, he's going to have a 25% miss chance. Uh, this owl is dope, by the way, guys, so uh, kill him. no wonder I'm trying to kill it. Uh, <laughs> I failed the uh, flat DC-15 check to try to get the bleeding to stop, so Man Bun will be continue bleeding. Hoot sounds like a little kid. It's weird. <laughs> that was Hoot's painful scream. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> that's going to take us into Jathel's turn and uh, Jathel do you guys want to know what class Jathel is? I'm just curious Do you, anyone have any ideas what class she might be? creepy undead. goth undead chick I'm going to go <laughs> is, that a, is a, that a class? <laughs> she's wielding it's like a Rob a Zombie song right? I mean that's got to be an advanced weapon right? or a, a martial weapon so she's got to be a martial class in my opinion so it's like a big, like farmer scythe. She's a thing. battle oracle. I think she's a champion. Battle oracle. Oh, we got to go with a champion. Okay. Undead champion. Well, interesting. Well, it, either Chris, Donnie, or or Brad is right. You guys will find out here. Hey, Jathel's going to swing again, but the first thing she's going to do is she's going to adjust position to be in a flank with uh, with dry recognizing that this person appears to be some kind of ally. And then she's going to swing again. That's an 11 on the die for an 18 total. 
just going to bring the scythe again down on this creature. That's going to be nine additional damage. And this guy's not looking so good all of a sudden. And that's going to take us to the back end of Jathel's turn. She's going to swing again. And she's going to miss. And in fact, I rolled a natural one. So I think... <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> I think she's Jathel... Named. Yeah, she's named Jathel. We need to pull a card. Uh, yeah, I've got the Crypt Fumble Jathel. deck open yeah, here. So what uh, type is this? This is a melee attack, right? This is a, this is a melee attack, yeah. Do Ooh. you need to know the type of damage or what do you uh, need Nope. Off balance, you take minus two circumstance penalty to attack rolls until the end of your next turn. So okay. next round, well, she's minus two on all attack rolls. My goodness, it kind of gets away from her a little bit and you catch her. She's so pissed that this happened, but... I guess it just comes with the territory when you're wielding a farmer's scythe. Uh, it is Topknot's turn. He stays on Jathel, and he's going to swing his uh, flail at Jathel, and that's he's going to score a hit. And she reacts to the hit. There it is. She uses an ability. She uses an ability called Iron Command. The trigger here is that an enemy within 15 feet damages you. You put an impertinent foe who dared harm you in their proper place. You command your enemy to kneel before you in obedience. Oh my god. What? <laughs> Dude. Kneel before what, Zod. what class is this? And why this is am a I champion. not playing it? This is... Oh, wow. Can if I multi-class to this? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> if they dare to refuse, they must pay the price in pain and anguish. The foe must choose one of the following options. Either the enemy kneels, dropping prone as a free action, or the enemy refuses, and you deal 1d6 mental damage to it. Holy shit, that's incredible. Yes. <laughs> you choose whether the damage type is evil or negative each uh -oh. time you use this reaction, and the extra damage will scale up as Jathel levels. Yeah, Jathel is a champion. Jathel is a lawful evil, evil champion. champion. That's insane. Oh. And they I just added that recently, right? Like where the mm. champions could... Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what book it came in on, but uh, yeah. It, uh, now let's talk about Jathel a little bit, because uh, she's an interesting character to me. Um, you guys know that this was a computer game. Uh, none of you guys have played it, by the way. I don't know that we've ever made that clear to, to listeners, but... I, I messed around with the computer game a little bit, but you four guys never touched it. And in fact, when we decided uh, like two years ago that we were going to do this, you guys all swore off the game. And so you are not spoiled at all. So you don't know that Jathel in the computer game was a Inquisitor. But there's no Inquisitor class in Pathfinder 2, at least right now. So I kind of built her... I don't know. I... I, I thought we'd go for a, a lawful evil champion uh so uh this creature is not too smart i think the creature lies down prone <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> and lies down and jathel is just like you just see this intense fire in her eyes she is highly pleased she just goes kneel uh, but we still do need to roll some damage on Jathel, a d6 plus 4. Jathel will take 6 damage from this. Uh, and it's the creature's, uh, I guess the creature uh, uses its second action to lie down prone. Uh, that was Topknot. Meanwhile, Manbun's like, why are we laying down prone? And Topknot's like, I'm not sure she just told me to. Um, dry, uh, it is your turn. Uh, I'm going to hunt prey on man bun 
man bun reacts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm surprised. Uh, and I'm just going to take uh, two swings at him. Oh, my God. Hey, I've kind of forgotten what is hunt prey. Let me let me read that for you, Brad. <laughs> I don't know. Pop my head. Uh, you designate a single creature as your prey, and your focus and focus your attacks against that creature. Okay. You must be able to see or hear the prey, or must be tracking the prey during exploration. You gain a plus two circumstance bonus to perception checks when you seek your prey, and a plus two circumstance bonus to survival checks when you track your prey. Oh, sweet. And then he also has an ability called Hunter's Edge Precision. I've trained to aim for prey to the prey's weakness. The first time you hit your prey in a round, you also deal an additional D8 precision damage. My God, so you're, you're going to stack a D8 of precision damage on top of the Aldori dueling sword hit. If yes. you hit him, and he's prone right now. And he's prone. <laughs> okay. And he's <laughs> dazzled. I don't think that means yeah, that. one of them is. Yeah, one of the heads are dazzled. Yeah, the one I'm hitting. Man bun. Man bun. Man bun's taking it. So that's a 15 plus 7. So that's a 21. 21? Yeah, minus uh, it's 2. It's a hit. Yeah. So then I get a D- 2d8 worth of damage. Yeah, plus your strength mod once. So that would be a 10. No, oh, 10, yeah, it's a 10. 10 damage total? 10 damage total. Uh, you lop the head off of man bun with your sword as Jathel commands the creature to lie down on the ground. Holy shit. And this creature is defeated. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the deuce and dry. So the deuce was at negative one influence with Jathel. Dry, meanwhile, seems to now be at one influence with Jathel. Uh, Don't let me talk. Intervened (laughs) in this uh and uh interesting kind of a good team out here i think we can um move on a little bit from this introduction but suffice it to say that dry and jathel run the grounds all fucking night together killing black tears i oh, mean do man. you guys agree with me on yeah, that that's 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 a pretty awesome visual of them just running around <laughs> like into these roving packs and just her cutting them down and oh yeah. him coming out of nowhere and stabbing him and hoots i like, would i would watch and, i would watch this buddy cop movie Yeah, and and kind of from our perspective, if we're still exploring the east wing while this is going on, they're they're to the south of the building, and we we never looked out any of those windows, and even some of those rooms to the south we did not explore. So like, we did not see any of this going down. No, no, and and you know, eventually the rain starts just as it started, and over when you guys hit the west wing, and now these guys are just killing cutthroats in the rain. That's so cool. Oh yeah, I I love the image of it all, and um, we'll just say for the sake of expediency or the sake of ease, because guys know I like things to be easy. We'll just say that that Jathel and Dry get the same amount of experience points throughout the night uh, that the three players happen to have. You guys like how I did that? It's very that convenient. Nice? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. How many frost? I like did things. They kill? How many frost uh, 75. <laughs> How many fires did they put out? Huh? <laughs> you get any kill stupid fire in, encounter? Uh, you know what? They killed five episodes worth of creatures. That is convenient. Absolutely. And I get a cut of your gold. How do you feel about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the hell you do, sir. <laughs> so we cut back then uh, to Milani's shrine 
in the west wing of uh, of the Eldori Manor. Work, workers are all around beginning to patch up these burnt out rooms and the damage would have been so much worse if you guys hadn't put those fires out. So again, I think Jamondi Eldori's got a lot to be thankful for. And uh, she motions to the door and in walks dry Colme. Colme? Did I get that? Colme? Yeah. Colme? Yeah. Yeah. In walks dry Colme. And she introduces him to you all. And she says, I'll leave you to get to know each other, but I would like Dry to accompany you uh, on your... I'd like Dry to accompany your charter expedition. He can be a great asset. I've trained him since he was a boy. He was... Uh, well, honestly, I was uh, grooming him to be one of my generals, but... He may be of good use to you. I he's hardly a replacement for the deuce you called him. <laughs> but uh already being I think, out. But I think he may be of help. And I mean she's resolving some guilt here too. I mean the deuce died perhaps saving her life too. I mean that that Vladimir was out of control. <laughs> but uh so to take me through kind of the next, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, do, you, do you all discuss anything? I mean, you know, you didn't know the deuce that well either, right. but now, you know, Jamondi so, so has his dry. How many days after the battle was the, are we at right now? Like how long ago was it? It was last night. I think it was last night. Yeah, it was last night. I mean, it's probably, you know, noon right now. Dry probably Dude. looks or pretty beat up and weathered and had a long night. Like he looks as, oh, yeah. as weather battle worn as we do. So it's probably... And probably soaking wet because while you guys got to come inside, I was still outside. So Sirian's not playing in the rain. He's just kind of he doesn't take anyone at their at their word or or face value. So he's going to see if um, what Jamani trying to try to decipher if what she was saying is true. Um, Mm. That oh that that dry dry is you know a member of her house guard and and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, I think that's right. We just we just dealt with the Tartuccia thing, right? That's we right. we just had yeah. a team of assassins attack us, so I think it's fair skepticism. So on a perception, got a twenty three. You know, you know about sword lords, Aldori sword lords. You know about Aldori duelists. You know their build. You know that their training is intense and and never ending. And you're you're looking this guy up and down. He's not much older than you are. You know, and you, you know, the, the type of training they go through. I guess what I'm trying to tell you is that dry Colme looks legit to you. First and foremost, this dude has trained with Jumanji and uh, her other trainees, you know, for the better part of his life. Uh, yeah. I mean, she looks like she's being, um, genuine with you. I mean, you, you're thinking what we're all thinking, which is that like, she's trying to replace your fallen you know, charter member, basically. Yeah, there was but, just an inkling that he, this this new guy that we haven't met, um, could could be some kind of plant or or internal spy, um, just to right. report back to her. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it's possible the dry is a plant, but you know, I, I guess. Was that I mean, you, <laughs> that's a different kind of plant. Thank God. But um, you know, Jamondi's above board. You know, you you. I have no reason to distrust her, but I mean, let's, let's, but let's talk about, I think what you're getting at, Chris, which is that like, you know, look, she's putting her support behind you, Bravoy and Restov's as well. 
But you guys, you know, if you found a kingdom, you want that kingdom to be independent, as dry, you know, an, uh, an impediment to that. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll t- we'll take a word on it, and could always use um, another helping hand. Yeah, this guy's an Eldori sword lord. Do the duelists oh like? Do they practice like out in the open, or is it like all like in private dueling chambers, like we were the pit in before? So dry dry has spent many hours in Jamandi's dueling pit with the right. other trainees, but. Like he can this, practice his craft out okay. in the open. Too. Like, is this something that, like, maybe Mitch, you know, going through town would have would recognize him as, like, seeing him fighting and things, or like practicing, or like knowing that, like, this dude's actually, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'd have you roll a society check just to see, but I mean, I, I would say they're not common, but they're around. I mean, you probably. Know I mean, if she has a camp them. of them right here, then I'm sure they they've been in town. Oh yeah, doing so town things on society. Totally. Yeah, you see them like, you know, high school cross country team, you know, yeah. running around together wearing their matching jerseys and stuff, you know. And <laughs> you, you know, the outdoor yeah. sword lord trainees. Yeah, so you I know, know this for my sweet runner shorts. <laughs> I recognize them. I'll, you know, go up and like, you know, offer a fist bump. Like, what's that, man? Well, I'm, Boom. I, do you ask well, him about I'm the gonna... french fries and potato thing again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, the new the new drag character is all fun and stuff, but what I'm curious about is we now have a crocodile and an owl. Is that right? He's an owl? Hoot's an owl? Yeah. Like, have owl. you guys seen the doc? and I don't know if you've seen the nature documentaries, right? But there's always the birds that live in the crocodile's mouths that's always sitting there, like, picking shit out of its teeth and stuff. Like... Maybe maybe yeah. maybe Hoot and Dundee are gonna have no don't don't just yeah. write it off, Bill. Let let give some agency to your owl. That and, was a fast no. <laughs> I've never seen an owl in a crocodile's mouth. Well, you know scraps. this is a magical land. Things things like that land. might happen. There might be a they performance might. check needed. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and pick up the trait where you can talk to my animal because I can't really oh. talk to him. Oh, I, yeah, I will do him. that, and then I will explain how Hoot is very much like, yeah, dude, I want to hang out with Dundee in his <laughs> mouth. Like, I don't care if they hang out. I just don't want my owl in your alligator's mouth. In your he's, pissed, mouth. he's pissed off that you're not letting him do it, so you're not you being nice to your owl. Is this like a you, you guys know romance? that I've been exploring my, um, my nascent voice actor ability, which is... Not good. Are you taking but, a night, night class? No, dude. Yeah, it's maybe fantastic. I should yeah, take a I night know, class. I don't know. The two-headed creature my... was pretty solid, man. That was, dude, thank yeah, you. Yeah, the two-headed right creature was awesome. By the way, the answer was Etten. Yes. Was Etten. I thought it was an Etten. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, again, you see this connection with these these giants and the black tears. Kind of interesting. Anyway, I've thought a little bit about what Dundee might have to sound like here at about level five. And I've thought a little bit about what uh, what Hoot might end up sounding like as well. So Hooten Dundee shenaniganry aside, you guys are becoming fast friends with Dry Comb. I mean, our, uh, I guess Jaythel, like, does he return the fist bump or does he just? I'm all yeah, fist bumped up. Like I told Mike earlier, that okay. I'm eager to make friends. Like the only yeah. life I've ever known has been being trained to be a sword lord. Like I don't have any friends. Like I'm yeah. eager to make friends and get out and do things. You're like a Jedi, but you can have friends. Yeah. yeah good. And I'm very, I'm very like squared away. Like I'm, I look like I just got out of like Paris Island Marine Corps boot camp. Like I'm super squared away. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you killed like 20 people last night. So it was a good night. (laughs) Yeah, good night. You you slew an Etten with uh, with some elf chick, you know, who is gone. By the way, Jaythol. I'm not sure how Jaythol and Dry parted ways, but um, I I would think it would just be like a, just like a, a. 
a mutual nod of respect, and then I walked in the building, and she just walked away. You didn't tell her she looked weird and like touch her hand. Yeah, I think she. No. I think she would have said, "So there's some weird elf dude running in there. He'll just like randomly grab your hand." Just, just heads up. <laughs> She's like, yeah, stay away from the deuce. <laughs> she tells you. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I, um, I, I just think that she does. She's actually, I, I have the perfect reason why she's like, she doesn't tell dry why, but she's just like, I can't go back in there. I'm not going back in. And she bids you adieu. I didn't think about this until right now, but since we've got, since bash will have deuces pinky finger. Deuce can continue to touch hands long after he's gone. <laughs> like that Dry can be a will thing. Always be there. Yeah. So that's. Like, I think that's a testament to his 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 memory. Like, Deuce's legacy. Yeah. yeah. I also think that Deuce's legacy will not be all those negative influence points uh, because uh, the, he he crit failed on Harim and Jathel, and <laughs> right. yeah, he's gone. Right. So. <laughs> Neither of them oh. have a reason to <laughs> to not join you guys. Um, but no, Jaythel uh, flatly refuses to break into the hall after you've killed the people outside. I assume Dry goes into the hall. Dry, you end up in the great hall uh, with uh, guard leader Evinzi, who you know pretty well, and you get filled in on the fact that there are th- you know four heroes off in the West Wing regulating. So you know who these guys are. You're probably excited to be thrown in with them. Hell yeah, I like it. So it's noon now. Yes, you've buried the deuce. You have gained a new party member. I suppose you guys are all getting to know each other. Uh, and we really can start looking at the exploration aspect of the game. So let's go ahead and hop over to the Stolen Lands map. And let's talk a little bit about what Lady Jamandi told you. So she um, she told you to go to Greenbelt. Take the green belt. Deal with the banditry there. Uh, but she also discussed with you that there was a uh, uh, a trade post <clears throat> to the west that had been particularly hard hit by bandits. Now, this particular trade post. Now, this trade post is actually not in the green belt region, but rather it's in the Rossland hinterlands region. And I'm going to reveal it to you here. Hey, I'm sorry. Have we have we left? the manor at this point or so uh, the reason i asked bash bash gears hey we we need to head west we need to go to the green belt take care of these bandit camps and then bash would ask do you have any descriptions of these these bandits are there do no type of like are there any characteristics of the bandits we're looking for like if they're shooting at you then they're bad do we need do we need (laughs) possibly wear antlers i guess is what bash Hmm. is trying to trying to drill down to Well, so I, I guess I want to understand better exactly what you ask. Are you just asking for general descriptions of the bandits? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't straight tip, up like. Yeah, he doesn't tip. He doesn't tip his hand that much. He's just. He's he's kind of asking. Hey, you know, we we know there's bandits. Can you tell us anything about these bandits we're going to look for? And you're talking to Jamandi Aldor. Jamandi, right yeah, yeah. No, she says, I don't know anything about them one way or another, except that they are growing. And they are continually terrorizing any, you know, any civilized uh, areas. I suggest you head west. I suggest you follow the road west of Bravoy, west of Rostov. Follow that road long enough into the Rossland hinterlands. You'll come upon that trade post that I've discussed. I suggest that's a good place to start. But honestly, she looks at the four of you. You can go wherever you want. 
Now that we're looking at the map a little bit, though, you know, I, I think it'd be useful to know where everyone's going. <clears throat> so you know that uh, Mager Varn's party is going into the Noman Heights. He's going straight south on the other side of this mountain range. So you have no reason to believe that you and Mager are going to be crossing paths. Uh, meanwhile, the Iron Wraiths are going to the Glenabon Uplands far, far to the west. So you might run into them as you're heading west as well right now. And uh, um, Hannes Drelev and Chuck Groning are headed into Hooktongue, which is this marsh, kind of the south-central uh, area of the Stolen Lands. Now, you guys are going to the Green Belt, which is more in the eastern area of the Stolen Lands. So we're looking at this exploration map here. We got all this stuff here. You know, if the party has a speed of 25 feet, uh, you can only go as fast as the slowest member after all. I think everyone here can go 25 feet. That means that you can do one travel activity a day. Now, what is a travel activity? We're in the game mastery guide right now thinking about these rules. A travel activity lets you traverse from one hex to the next hex. So it basically takes you one day of travel to travel from one hex into another hex. Now, once you get to your destination hex, you've got some choices. I mean, obviously, you got to camp for the night when you get there because you got to wake up and not be fatigued in the next morning. But when you wake up that next morning, I guess you got a choice. You can either reconnoiter the hex, and <laughs> these guys are going to laugh at me because I didn't know how to say the word reconnoiter when we first were looking at this stuff. I was like, reconnoiter, <laughs> reconnoiter. And the more robust of our members was like, bro, that's reconnoiter. But me and Donnie were like, reconnoiter, reconnoiter. Uh, sorry, I still, I still think Donnie. we're right. You still think it's <laughs> I still think we're right. They're wrong, and we were right. I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, guys, when you reconnoiter, and Bill's like, what did you say? <laughs> Chris, what did you say? Um, okay. So you can use a travel activity to reconnoiter the hex once you've traveled into it. And what that's going to do is a couple of things. It's going to let you map the hex with a subsequent action. And also, if there's anything hidden in the hex, uh, we make a roll and if you pass the roll, I revealed to you, you come across it or not. Now, not everything is going to be hidden in every hex. Sometimes you'll come into a hex with a landmark. If a landmark is in the hex, you're going to automatically see that whether you reconnoiter or not. But if there's something hidden or if there's something off the beaten trail, you're going to need to spend a day to search the hex. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is how we're going to handle camping. You guys got to camp every night. And you know as well as I do that uh, the Kingmaker Guide has sort of been the stealth expansion to uh, Pathfinder 2's rules when it comes to camping. Uh, there's a ton of camping activities, and if tonight's any indication, we could spend a ton of time camping mm -hmm. if we wanted to, um, which doesn't make for good radio. Uh, so I think we're going to, you guys, if you guys want to do a big camp thing, we can do that from time to time, especially if there's like a role play thing you want to resolve, or if there's some other reason. Uh, you want to uh, have a big camping, you know, thing. But for the most part, I'm happy to just hand wave the camping stuff. I do need to keep track of the random encounters and stuff, though. So I'll, I'll be kind of rolling that out and doing that. And I'll let you know if any of that happens. Um, all that being said, are you guys going to um, spend a little more time in Restov? Or what? what's the plan? What's the vibe? Well, Everyone else has left already. So, so two, two things. So, um, do our, so what happens if we can't travel 25 feet? Uh, can you not? Do you well, want to speak maybe 20? I've got a pet that can only go 20. 
Let's just say, for instance, maybe. <laughs> Hypothetically. Wrap them on your to, back like a backpack. Yeah, you're going to have to have a, um, oh, what is that called? Uh, b- 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 baby, a baby bunker. The baby Bjorn. So I, the yeah. crocodiles right now. <laughs> there's a cantrip I can, I can run that he can go into a pocket dimension because, again, we're in a magical land where owls yeah. and crocodiles chill out together. I just want yeah, to they reinforce can that. Okay, just curious. And then, yeah, I, I mean, do we want to do shop? I don't think we do it in the podcast because it's kind of boring. But, I mean, do we want to shop while we're in Bravoy cause, or Restov? Because this is a big settlement, right? I mean, there's good stuff, good vendors, et cetera, right? Yeah, I think we should. Probably uh, for, um, yeah, if we're about to head off on a journey. Um, Mitch is kind of anxious to get going because he knows his dad has already left. Uh, doesn't want to be too far behind on that whole trail. Not that we're going to the same place, but doesn't want to dawdle. Um, I'd be happy leaving the next morning if you said it was noon by the time we got, you know, met up with our new friend. I will tell you this. If you can leave in the next hour or so, you could make one hex tonight and then you'd be camping, you know, in the dark. Or if you want to take the balance of the day. Nivicata's crossing. Yeah, Nivicata's Crossing. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, so Bill, you're referring to the map here. There's this road, uh, but uh, Nivakta's Crossing looks to be two hexes away. So you wouldn't be able to make uh, that little settlement, you know, um, even tonight or tomorrow for that matter. It's, it's a two-day journey uh, to, to Nivakta's Crossing. Uh, everybody make a society check. That's a three end dice with a zero modifier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> low rolls are always funny to me. Ooh, I yeah, I got a two plus zero. Nice. <laughs> you shouldn't even even be able to see that on the map. You guys have no <laughs> clue that it's there. <laughs> it doesn't even know it exists. Fog of war everywhere. I got a uh, Bashk Bashk rolled an eleven. I got a twelve. Okay, so Bashk and Mitch, you guys are kind of discussing. <laughs> dry and and cereal were just like we go west <laughs> who knows when we may come across anything and uh, uh bashk and mitch are, are visiting about this and you guys know of Navakta's crossing it is a is a tiny settlement of like 1400 people okay much smaller than bravoy but you know that you can go there and you can pick up general provisions and things like that. You know, there's a blacksmith there that can make you some weapons and things. So, you know, if you wanted to get going, you know that you could really, you, you could get general supplies in uh, Navakta's Crossing. I say we just get on the road and then. Yeah, I think I'll also pull uh, Bash aside and say, hey, um, I can build this armor for you as creepy as it's going to be. And it's little metal as I can put in it. But. If we're traveling, it's going to take like eight to ten days for me to build this for you. So if you've got mm-hmm. something else to wear currently, you might want to put that on. Yeah, Just no, no. Bashk Bash does not. He he does have a buckler. He's got a wooden buckler. He's he's never used it before. But it, you know, mm-hmm. push comes to shove, he can always he can always raise his shield. And he was wearing leather on before, so it's like one AC down. So it's not okay. He probably he'll probably, just, he probably won't die. It'll probably be okay. Run out to Druids R Us and <laughs> Druids R Us. Grab this armor real quick. Be a fun project. I, I went to a hippie to REI. I went. I went to <laughs> Stone Hinges and they did not have my size. So <laughs> there's just a lot for me to kind of pick apart right now. First of all, he probably won't die. I was like, okay. Well, did you were you there for episode five? Um, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so uh, you guys. So uh, Bashka's nude. And uh, the rest just of the you guys, just a loincloth, baby. 
Just, just a loincloth. Just a loincloth. Talking it all the way yeah, down. The I'm street. okay with going to the next town, like getting out of this area. It's I mean, you can go town. buy some pants, can't you? Nope, cannot. All right, <laughs> not until I get my armor. All just right. try say that to Bash. <laughs> you know, no. you could at least get some pants on. No, Dry just kind of looks at him because he he's never seen a lizard folk before. He's just kind of like, all right, I guess that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not going to judge his cultural differences. Oh, if he wants to run around with naked from the waist down, do it. He's 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 maybe he can dazzle has, somebody. He's probably got some type of covering of some type more than just like a fig leaf. I mean, he's not okay. you know yeah he he gets like a crown, society just like, just like a crown a royal bag that just hides a his crown, jewels. Yes, it, uh, literally a crown <laughs> royal bag. I found a crown royal bag at the manor. So yeah, it's canon. Go, God. my God. Okay. <laughs> Look, guys, kind of changing changing tracks. Um, <laughs> the, the the charter that uh, Jamandi handed us. I was going through the Kingmaker Player's Guide, and there's some choices for us to make. Should yeah. we talk about that, or yeah, later that until we good. start founding? Um, I, our if you guys want to, if you guys want to set the charter type now, uh, that's fine. Let me let me hop into that real quick. It's only like an entire book. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I pulled open the player's guide thinking that some of like the cooking and camping rules in there is like, nope, it's all about your nope. kingdom and the charter. And it yeah, it's very involved. It's really cool. I, I was going to say, I, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to take um, like basically homebrew some of the stuff into other APs um, mm. to pull them in. Totally. Absolutely. All these kingdom rules and stuff. You can lift this out of Kingmaker and do it anywhere. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple different types of charters. There's the Conquest Charter, which boosts the uh, loyalty of your citizens and another free boost. And then you get a Culture Flaw. These are ability, you know, so the, the, let me back up and tell you that the kingdom has its own abilities, just like how you have your six ability scores. The kingdom has four ability scores, um, Culture, Loyalty, Stability, and Economy. And they all do different things. And we don't really need to get into it right now, but just understand that they they mean what they mean and there's not really a lot you can do to min max you just have to decide what kind of kingdom you want to have and take the problems and the benefits as they come so there's the conquest charter which boosts your loyalty and something else but you take a flawed culture there is the expansion charter uh which boosts your culture and a free boost and a stability flaw there's the exploration charter which boosts your stability plus a free and uh, flaws your economy. There is the grant charter, which boosts your economy plus a free boost and it flaws your loyalty. And then of course there's the open charter, uh, which just gives you um, no restrictions and no direct support from Lady Jamandi. And uh, you just get one free ability boost, but no ability flaw. The open charter is basically like plain human. Um, so I know I went through that really fast, but I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, Chris. Chris, what were you thinking as far as charters go? Yeah, as I was kind of looking through it, uh, leaning kind of toward the conquest charter, um, particularly for one of the lines in the description um, where we're asked to set up our kingdom against Patox. Um, kind of oh. have some beef. Yeah, uh, there's some beef there. Okay, yeah, you think... Uh, you know, Lady Jamandi seems to think that uh, that Tartuccio was a Pataxian spy, as he accused you of being Pataxian spies. The Conquest Charter. So you get a loyalty boost, 
uh, plus another free ability boost, and you get a culture flaw. So, interesting. Guys, everyone like the Conquest Charter? or uh, And by the way, this charter represents the support that Lady Jumanji is going to give you. Uh, anyone else have any thoughts on charters? I, I think Mitchell's going to kind of defer to Sirio, um, knowing kind of his lineage, kind of assuming that he's more of kind of maybe a little more knowledgeable on these types of things. So, uh, but the, when he hears that kind of setting up against Batox, he's like, yeah, that's, that sounds, that sounds good. I, I, yeah. I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I think Bashk is very much again, given the things that transpired, I, you know, he doesn't know for sure, but he's pretty sure Patox had, had, had a hand in, you know, sending in the black tears. Obviously, Tartuccio was a part of that, so um, I think this is mm. agreeable to him as well. Okay, and I don't know, Dry Comb. You have any thoughts, Dry Comey? Sorry, um, Dry's in. He he likes this. He's in like Flynn. He's in like Flynn because he's been brought up by Lady Jamati, who obviously has a dislike towards that culture. Hmm. So he's been, it's kind of been bred into him that, hey, these are your enemies. And anytime I can fight my enemies, I'm in. So it's unanimous then. It is the conquest charter then that Lady Jumandi bestows upon you. Very good. Um, I'm assuming that like we're uh, talking to Dry about kind of our experiences in the past 48 hours versus what his were. Uh, comparing stories that like kind of as we're mm-hmm. shopping and getting ready to all that stuff. Um, does he tell us about what the, uh, the Etten kept asking? Like he was able to hear that I'm assuming. Right. And that was in common. like asking about the gnome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. I tell you, I tell you everything. I tell you right. about, you know, the undead lady that helped me slay right. a bunch of people. Like I tell you everything. I, ha- I hold nothing back. And does he kind I'm of try- pick I'm, up? I'm and- trying to get you, I'm trying to win you guys over. So right. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, hide anything like does that click on any of us that like oh tartuccio is a gnome i'm sure he must yeah he was not he didn't want to hurt the gnome and so kind of like in my head i guess i'll put this on to mitch as well like i knew that tartuccio was like a douchebag and up to no good but i didn't at that point connect him to the attacks and so now like hearing all this i'm like that yeah and so that kind of also locks in my idea of the conquest being the charter that we should go for Hmm. Well, I might explain why Tartuccio just, you know, you just found him Mm -hmm. with this little bump on the head in the West Wing, you know, whereas all these other people died. The only other, there's only three survivors from the West Wing, by the way. It's Jamondi Aldori, Tassim, and Tartuccio. Yeah, and Sirio asked him how how he got that bump, and he just said, oh, I I don't remember. It all happened so fast, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. He just kind of waved waved it off. Yes, he did. I feel like Tartuccio is Sirio's mortal enemy at this point. Like, I don't some, know. Yeah, we just we did not. On. It could have gone a different way. I don't. I don't one, know. Dude, I no, like, I rolled a one when I was yeah. trying to uh, <laughs> figure him out. From so the, from the first, we're just minute. natural enemies. <laughs> you want to know something else about Tartuccio? He is a sorcerer too. Oh, oh great! Oh god, this is great. Oh yeah. This oh yeah. Awesome. Which is why he could lie his ass off in the West Wing. By the way. Okay, so you're in rest off. You're all collected together. We're gonna say you're you're leaving. It's yeah. noon. You've put the deuce to rest. You've made some plans. You've selected your type of charter. Take me through what happens next. 
I'm just going to scout around the group as we're moving forward and behind. And I'm also going to have Hoot flying above me. Now, although Hoot and I can't communicate, Hoot will hoot when he sees something amiss. <laughs> what does he sound like when he hoots? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing I do. That's how we talk. So, yes, I'm going to yeah, do the so scouting action. As you guys start to leave, uh, Mitchell's not with you. He's he's lagging a little behind, and you guys probably get maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a quarter mile from the from the gates. And then you hear kind of a rumbling noise behind you. And Mitch pulls up alongside you guys in a nice steam car. Nice. <laughs> well, you, right. have a, you have a car? <laughs> Mitchell has his, one of his dad's cars. What? <laughs> Wow, we have a, we have transportation, boys. Can we so get in this thing? Speed is not a speed is not a problem. It's sweet ride, yep. bra. Let me in, bra. Room for six. Mitch's steam nice. trolley. Do we need? Yes. Do we need? But there, but Mitch, there's <laughs> there's no amazing. roads. There's no roads where we're going. We don't need roads where we're going. <laughs> so the steam trolley. Brad and I have known about the steam trolley for a little while. In our conversations, I was like, you know what, man? Yeah, you got a steam trolley. <laughs> it's like literally, I mean, honestly, it's like all, it, yeah, it's it's flavor, but it's going to be a fun way to travel. And like when. So instead you know, of a donkey and a cart, we have this like yeah. steampunk vehicle. Yeah, it's yeah. a super steampunk steampunk Cadillac. Like yeah, it, it, we got a little art here for you guys, but I'll tell you, so this is a fourth level vehicle. Uh, this thing comes out of guns and gears, I think. Um, a steam trolley is essentially a much bigger steam cart with a heavy-duty uh, alchemical cauldron and a furnace feeding into a larger steam engine, okay? This this vehicle is 15 feet long, it is 10 feet wide, and it is 8 feet high. I Jesus. believe it can carry <laughs> eight yeah, people. It is a bus. <laughs> yeah, it's a bus. <laughs> It's, it needs it needs a pilot and one crew, uh, so uh, Mitch cannot pilot this alone. He needs someone with him, I guess, to do any kind of maneuvers or anything. I mean, I think you could just yeah. roll it down the road and right. stuff alone. I'm gonna. In addition to, to the yeah. pilot and the crew, this thing can carry six passengers. Now, I reserve the right to <laughs> look at the rules on this again, <laughs> but I think you can probably put eight people in here. But it's possible you can only put six. Um, you know, you pilot this through driving lore or crafting checks. I think Mitch has driving lore because you've got the lore. driver background. Yep. That's what Mitch Mitch would. Yeah, he was a kind of a courier for the Gears Association. So yeah, this is yeah. His, well, this is right. And, and so yeah, so the the steam trolley has a speed of twenty five feet. So assuming you let Dundee onto the trolley, <laughs> you're not going to have to put him into a pocket dimension. <laughs> No, no crocodiles. It's a, well, it's a how does long a crocodile standing. like? Can crocodiles go up and down stairs? He's he's a magical crocodile. He'll okay. be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let me get this. Let me show all players. Can the I just steam can trolley. I just point out how how ridiculous this is that we have a steam <laughs> like why why people are not playing Pathfinder all the time? I don't right. get it because this is just ridiculously fun. This is just oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, until Mike gets the steam trolley stuck in the marsh somewhere. Right, until he kills, <laughs> until he until he kills the stream to- the the uh, the, the uh, steam trolley. Yes. It, oh yeah, it, I can't wait to fun. explode the steam trolley. What's Are the does, me? does the steam trolley have a name? Does it have a moniker? Oh, that's a good question. Like, like Scooby Doo oh has the mystery machine. I've got to What's think our about steam that. trolley? Yeah, you okay. guys go. You gotta let me in. I gotta think about that one. 
Here is the stat block for the steam trolley. Is that popping up on your screen now? Yeah, we've got uh, image and stat block. I don't okay. have an image. I just have a stat block. Where's the image? Let's see. There it is. is. There it okay, is. Okay, so so the steam trolley kind of looks like this. So there there is a um, it's not built kind of like a, a horse and, and buggy situation. There's there's two seats up front where the pilot and the crew sit. That's not contained within the um, uh, not contained within the hull of the steam trolley. But there's between four and six seats in the steam trolley that face each other, kind of like old school Southwest Airlines style. So you, I picture you guys all sitting in this <laughs> steam trolley together. I can see like Bashk in the back with his like legs spread, that loincloth just hanging there. Like, how's it going? It's good, guys. <laughs> These lizard folks We're spread. Just across rooms, just trying not to look down, looking at the ceiling the whole time. Oh my gosh. Now, uh, there are vehicle combat rules. So. <laughs> Brad and I yeah. are going to have to get, I don't know, Mitch is going to start running people down, you know, GTA style. Yes, he I is. Look at him and I, yes, I mean, he it is. Could, it's situational, but it's not very useful. Like, there's a lot of risk. Like, you can break your cart. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and when you are piloting the car and right. we're in combat, the others can sit in the steam trolley and take actions during combat That's and stuff, correct. but they only get two actions instead of three. Because they got to steady themselves as Mitch is driving this fucking trolley around. But yeah, you've got a steam trolley. So let's talk about what this is actually going to mean for the game. Um, the steam trolley has a speed of 25 feet, just like you guys. So this thing is not fast, but it, it what it is, is it's comfortable. And also, I don't know if you caught this, but a few episodes ago, I was basically like, I don't care much about the bulk rules. Because you can just load the trolley up with whatever gear you fucking want. So... Um, now, I think you can use the steam trolley to take travel actions from hex to hex, and it's a nice thing to have. It's a little bit of shelter, and you know you can base your campsites around it and shit, but I don't think you can use the steam trolley to reconnoiter, because you know when you're, when you're searching, when you're combing through the hex, yeah, there's going to be terrain issues with this thing. Now, that said, this, this steam trolley can go off-road, but again, I just think that that gets factored into its 25-foot average speed. You know, Mitch is going to be having to find ways around, you know, terrain features and things like that. But yeah, you guys got a car, and <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking here for it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This is so awesome. I need you to take me inside the um, hull of the steam trolley right now. I need to know where everyone is sitting. I need to know... Um, like I'm everything. <laughs> Dre, Dre just climbs in and sits right next to the back exit or like the back gate where he can, if anything happens, he can be the first one out, jump down because he's not going to fight from the trolley. It's just, yeah. it's, he's just not. So are these so. bench seats? Are we uh, pilot to bombardier? Or yeah. okay, it's it's bare bones. I mean, it's usually just cargo in there, so it's it's pretty pretty it's Spartan low comfort. Yeah. yeah. I, I do need somebody to volunteer to, to help me pilot this thing, though. I need a, Ooh, I need yeah. a, well, I, a navigator. So, yeah. Will we still be doing traveling activities like scouting and stuff like that? So you can use... Um, you're going to be able to use exploration activities. So, yeah, you can, um, you can keep watch out the side. Or, I mean, look, if you want to, you know range ahead or whatever i mean you don't have to ride in the steam right. trolley and in fact harry's like where the fuck am i gonna sit i mean there's too many of you guys already <laughs> right. for this trolley so i mean i get the feeling like this is going to be a bit of a caravan some of you are going to be walking some of you are going to be sitting on your butts in the trolley if anything's under 25 speed though it's got a, a way to keep up mm -hmm. yeah so i guess <laughs> i guess dundee's gonna be riding in the trolley <laughs> is dundee the crew is he my co-pilot 
Yeah, who's going to sit next to Mitch, helping Mitch navigate? Well, Bash, Bash was planning on setting like in the back, like like kind of jumping. I assume there's almost like a tailgate where he can hang his legs off and, and dangle. And he was that's kind of yeah, what he was is. planning on that doing. Yeah, cool. and he was going to he'll throw Dundee up in the back with him. Right, it's like the dog right in the back of the truck. It's just a crocodile. This is a to- totally new experience for Serio. He had no idea these things were even a thing, um, but would love to help out. Awesome. <laughs> may not be very good time. at it but <laughs> i'm a quick study quick 10 minutes don't touch that touch that. i mean because you got to imagine like this is not like a streamlined you know produced vehicle like this is hodged together with parts and things that like there's valves everywhere and so what i'm going to tell you to start off with is like you turn this valve when i tell you don't turn that one and then turn that one sometimes when i tell you that's all i need you to do do i have to make crafting checks <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. No. Yeah. Okay. No. Just Mitch. No. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll assist. Okay, crewman Serio then uh, sitting up front uh, with with Mitch. You know, Amiri um, is kind of dubious of the steam cart. She's probably going to walk, but Valerie settles into the cart like it's second nature. <laughs> she is. You know, we've talked a little bit about Valerie. She's gorgeous almost supernaturally so and is not into the attention and really almost kind of resents her um her physical appearance a little bit but but she digs she well princess isn't the right word just refined you know i I, you know maybe you would know this about her after kind of traveling with her over the next couple of days but she had a very refined childhood Mm. and then as the baggage of that stacked up and stacked up she rejected it but riding in the steam trawl is pretty cool <laughs> so she's into it and harem of course is just like yeah of course i'm gonna fucking sit in the steam trolley um so i think that's kind of <laughs> where we're at oh and Lindsay she doesn't take a blot of room she's in the trolley too I guess it doesn't totally matter right now who's in and who's out, but I'm just sort of starting to get a little picture of all of this as it's happening, and I love it. You guys start. Let's <laughs> go. crazy? You guys get going. Let's go west. Get, yeah. All right. West on this road. Wonderful. You go west. You make the hex. You arrive in the middle of this hex. You are now halfway in between Restov and... And Vakta's crossing. And uh, you guys uh, begin setting up your campsite and all of that stuff. So and if I we're do think looking at the map here, the road, we're kind of following along a river. Is that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you've got the river on your left uh, and the road run, runs along it. Now, you know that this road will continue deeper into the west, but at some point this road is going to stop and you're going to be, you know off into the stolen lands, but you kind of get the feeling that this road represents the last vestiges of society uh, before you really start roughing it. You guys get to um, your potential campsite. You know, I think there's some roles and things we're going to have to resolve. I think we're going to start next game with a interesting little camping session. But for now, I think we're just going to kind of have a quiet episode. We're going to call it here. Was guys. this a quiet episode? Is that is that what we're calling this one? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a quiet time. episode. Thank you for listening to the Zero Check Podcast. Please email your feedback to zerocheckpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at zerocheckpodcast.com. 
All music was composed by Kevin McLeod and Comtech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0. All ambiences were composed by Michael Gelfi Studios. MichaelGelfi.com. <laughs> it's a who, not a woo. Oh, it's a who. Not anymore. It's not. It's a fucking Ric Flair over here. Woo! Every time, every time that owl comes into battle, I'm just gonna be like, woo! <laughs>